This is Bob Rocco, Business Leaders Podcast. Have quite the treat today. We have three guests on the podcast. We have Diana Hall. She's the president and COO of Active Armor. We have Dr. Kevin Kaplan. He is an orthopedic surgeon with the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute and head team physician for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have Eric Miller. He's a critical care flight nurse and paramedic and a major in the Wyoming Air National Guard. And we're going to be talking about active armor, both their casts and their face masks. And we're going to start talking about face masks to begin with because Eric may get called out. So we thought we'd get that part done. So Eric, tell me a little bit about the face masks and why they're useful and attractive for you to use in your business. So I work on that thing back there, the helicopter, and also work in an ICU. These masks, one of the big complaints, if you talk to any healthcare worker about masks, and if you have to wear these things, every time you breathe, exhale, your glasses are fogging up. So the active armor mask, I got it. 3D scan of my face, this thing fits directly on my face, and I don't get that fog in my glasses, which I can tell you, if you're on a copter, you can't have that happening. Uh, it's a safety issue, and the being in an ICU, God, after a 12-hour shift, it's just really irritating. The other great thing is the ability to be able to see facial expressions and stuff, especially with patients. It's already scary enough, and this, you can see if you're smiling. If they have trouble hearing, they can see your lips. I mean, they're really a fantastic tool, really. And the fact that they're N95s, which is great for the current situation with the COVID. I use mine all the time. Eric, we were talking before and you said today that you were out flying and that you got your sound boom to work with the mask on. So that's another big issue for me is one, we have visors that we have to put down so I can put my visor down works just like it goes over my nose. And then putting the microphone to the side was able to still communicate within the cabin with the other crew members and discuss the patient today. So it was fantastic. One of the things that we were talking about previously, you were talking about an interest in the hearing impaired school and potential uses of those masks for the instructors at the school. Could you talk a little bit about your thoughts there? Yeah, I was actually approached by somebody when I was wearing the mask and he says, hey, listen, I'm a teacher for the hearing impaired. And where did you get that mask? And I, I told him about active armor. And he said, how do you, do you think we can get some of those masks? And I said, well, you know, the custom ones are a little, you want to be using them all the time. There's a price point on those, but they also make some other ones that are probably more affordable for what you're looking for for staff. And so, yeah, as soon as there's um, materials ready again, I'm going to buy some and have them try it out and see if that works. Because being able to see and read lips is a really important aspect of the hearing impaired community, not just the sign language. Perfect. This is a little bit backwards based on everybody's schedule, but we got everybody together, which you guys can imagine might be just a tad challenging with everybody's efforts in the community. And Diana, if you would, Again, going backwards, the mask came along later in the product cycle for you guys. Can you tell me a little bit about how the demand or product was either requested or developed? Right. So our regulatory expert at the Robert Fischel Medical Device Institute called knowing that we are the experts in 3D body imaging and custom-fitted exoskeletons, meaning that 
we do 3D body imaging and we do custom designs for medical devices that fit your body map perfectly. And so their real issue that they were having with the FDA and with face masks was fitting because the filtration is only as good as the seal because air is going to take the path of least resistance and try to go around the mask and avoid the filters if it can. So with traditional face masks, anything, whether they're N95 or they're any filtration rate, the air that circumvents the filter is going to have potentially those viral particulates in it and then get in. So the point of it was the fitting. And so they called me saying, hey, we know that you guys do exoskeletons and that fitting is your thing. So we wanted to see if you could figure out a way that we could make custom fitted masks that would fit perfectly because everybody's face is shaped differently. We have different sizes, we have different cheeks. And when I started doing an analysis on the facial features, I mean, there are so many different dimensions as far as how far out your chin, your nose, your cheeks stick, um, how far out they come both vertically and horizontally in all three dimensions. And so it really takes a 3D body image scan to get that perfect fit. And I think that's what Eric was talking about with his mask. And, you know, Dr. Kaplan also wears one and everybody's features are so different. And so when you do start doing that facial analysis, you see how important the custom fit is to your face. You can't just get something off the shelf and expect it to fit perfectly to your face. So that's why they called us and asked me to design something that would be able to seal perfectly those particulates out. You know, shifting gears, Dr. Kaplan, a little bit, you're a user of the mask as well in your practice. What's been your experience as far as ease of use, changing filters, and how your patients react to seeing you in the in the mask? The number one thing, obviously, is protection, protecting ourselves, protecting our patients, and using or seeing other types of masks, and, and people wear other types of masks. A lot of times, you'll see people do the exact thing that, that you shouldn't be doing when you're wearing a mask and trying to prevent yourself from touching your face. People are adjust their mask, they're pull the mask down, they're their hands are all over their face. And the one thing that's really appealed to me from the active armor mask is just the custom fit and the custom feel. I mean, it's designed specifically to my face, at least my mask is, and, and even the ones that are, are moldable, really, it fits to your face very well. So there are very few times that, that I'll have to actually adjust the mask on my face. Patients enjoy being able to see my mouth, my lips. When I'm talking, I've had a number of patients that are hard of hearing compliment me on being able to look at my face and be able to still read my lips. And so from that standpoint, it's been a tremendous benefit. You know, I, I see a, a large volume of patients during the day and being able to wear something that's, that's comfortable, that allows me to, to see patients throughout the day without having to adjust my mask has, has been certainly helpful. A lot of the physicians in my practice are using this mask and even the athletic trainers at our stadium for the Jaguars have been using this mask as we rehabilitate our players. The ease of changing the filters makes this also helpful. I can wash my mask down. I can wipe it down. I can take the filters out. They easily pop in and pop out. As you can see, Diana taking the filters in and out. And that's also very helpful. A lot of the cloth masks, if you use them over and over again, you start to get a little bit of fraying of the cloth material. Certainly, in just the throwaway cloth masks, those aren't really protecting you like this type of mask is. So from a comfort, from a protection, and from patient communication, this mask has really checked those boxes for me on a daily basis. For you on, on the protocol with the filters, what do you typically observe on filter rotation? If you look at how long a virus lasts on a surface, roughly around five days is, is to my knowledge, what, where if you're exposed to a virus, 
So technically, if you take those filters out, put them in a bag, and you can leave them there and not use them for that period of time, then you can go ahead and switch those out. So I've bought uh, several filter replacements and just swapped those out over a period of a week. Diana, do you have anything to add? Nope, that's the FDA guidance. He's exactly right. And the thing is that you don't get a lot of wear and tear on that. For you, Diana, you know, you guys were able to take in and use your existing technology from the casts to go to the masks. What allowed you to to be able to add this product line so quickly? Well, like I said, our expertise was the 3D body imaging. So we can create a 3D body map of any body part and then use our CAD design and our uh, 3D printing to manufacture custom products that are fitted to your exact body map. And so that can propagate from cast and splints to any other face mask or any other basically exoskeleton that you want to use for medical protective, any sort of product that you might need that's custom fitted. What's the typical turnaround if you order a, either the custom scan mask or the one that you're working on now? Sure. So it's really based on demand. And the custom fitted masks are hand designed, hand manufactured, and, th- and we 3D print the molds and then we form to them. So if we don't have a huge backlog, it can be anywhere from a week to three weeks. We started out at four weeks because we had thousands of orders coming in, but now it's reduced down. We're down to a week right now. And then as far as the standard size ones, those ones we have on inventory. So those ones ship pretty quickly. They're about a week. Where you're seeing the demand, Diana, when it comes into the, where are you seeing the predominant type of industries that are using your masks? So we have a lot of service industry folks and healthcare. So we have a lot of nurses and doctors that are using them as well as people who are in like hotels and customer service and food handling and those kind of industries because they really need that communication. We also have a lot of teachers. We have a lot of first responders. So folks like Eric and people who are fire, police, sheriff's departments, EMTs, those kind where they need really good communication and they need that custom fit for safety. Eric, your experience in working with the guard, do you think that there's a demand or that the guard's going to start looking at these masks across their platform? Yeah, I would encourage Diana to really look at some uh, Stibber grants and some other federal funding because I, I, I think there's some real interesting possibilities for especially pilots. More I'm on an air crew in the back of an aircraft where we've got microphones that can be custom fit to people's faces. I mean, it's, it's really military. I would say FEMA. FEMA would be another great market as well. Anybody that's in the DOD right now, this is a hot, hot issue. You know, it's interesting, circling back to the face fit, you know, Dr. Kaplan, I can remember in the military, we used to put on chemical gear. And of course, the first thing you do is stick it on your face. You'd have to put your hands over the filter ends and suck it in to take and get the seal. Do you think that there's a recognition of that issue with the standard N95 mask that they don't have good seal? I do. I think that an improperly worn mask is going to allow, just like Diana said, air to go in at the path of least resistance. Uh, If I put on a a simple mask and and put on the surgical goggles, we have to now in in seeing patients, I have to wear goggles in addition to a mask. If I was to put on a regular mask, I don't wear reading glasses, but just the goggles, they fog up. So you know air is getting in and out. That hot air is, is going up. And so with with the active armor mask, I haven't had that problem at all. And certainly, 
face protection in general is important, but the properly fitted face mask is, is much safer and can protect you and protect other people from getting this virus that we're all worried about. And I think is, is much more effective, the better the seal. For anybody that served in the military that went through a, a tear gas tent wearing a gas mask, you absolutely know up front whether you have it sealed properly or not. Because if you don't, you get to enjoy the tear gas like right now. So you have a tangible notice that it's not working well. You know, the problem mm-hmm. that you guys face, if it's not fitting well, you don't really know. Yeah. And so what are you seeing from the professional coaches at the Jaguars? And when they're using the mask, what's their experience in commentary? Yeah, well, our, our head athletic trainer um, has piloted it with the other athletic trainers at the stadium right now. And they've enjoyed the, the same type of custom fit. And the reason why it's important for them as well is, is there some of the players that are able to be at the facility currently are the ones that are rehabilitating from either surgeries that I've performed or injuries. And so they're working very close quarters with these players. So protection is a must and being able to communicate is a must as well. So they've used this. Uh, we're discussing it in terms of our players. Several of our players have trialed this as well, in addition uh, to a lot of the front office. And our coaches, obviously, are, are older than our players, and, and they're very concerned about this virus. And so we're going to be uh, getting them masks as well. And for the coaches, trying to communicate to their players, whether it's in meetings or, or on the sideline or on, you know, in practices, communication is, is paramount. And so I think this is going to be a very helpful part to our organization as we try to get back on the field. You know, do you think you'll see the, you know, the linemen and everybody else wearing these master and practicers, the airflow restriction, a little challenging? I think that could be a challenge. I, I think the NFL is trying to work through what they're going to be doing when we practice. I, I think we have a long way to go, and, and the NFL is working through that process right now. How often are we going to be tested? How are we going to keep our social distance? How are we going to travel? Uh, there are so many things that, at play right now that I don't think they have that set in stone uh, in terms of what guys are going to be wearing because football is a contact sport. So they're very close to each other, especially if you think about getting tackled and having a pile of guys, if one person has it, how close they're going to be. So there's a lot that's going to go into that decision. So I don't know where we are with while they're playing or if they're going to wear anything while they're playing. Yeah. I can imagine trying to call an audible with crowd noise and who knows how well that would transmit. But, you know, I, I can remember trying to run with a gas mask on that wasn't much fun just from the airflow restriction. So shifting gears a little bit, Diana, is there anything about the masks that we missed? You know what, maybe to talk about on the custom masks versus the non-custom mask or the different price point masks, maybe talk about the procedure to either get scanned or get their face fitted for one of their size. What's that process look like? Sure. So if you want a custom mask, there's two options. One, if you look at our website, we have some clinics that are scanning clinics like Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, and they are providing facial scans to people who want to get custom fitted facial masks as well at our providing clinics that also provide active armor. In addition, anyone anywhere can get one of those iPad snap-ons, which is a structure sensor. It costs around $500 for the whole packet and you snap it onto your iPad or your iPhone and then you can do a scan and send it to us and we will make you a custom-fitted mask. As far as the standard sizes, this one is one of the standard ones that I have there. And you saw the mask that Eric had. His is a custom one. This one is the small wide or the small narrow, and it fits me, as you can see. 
the seal, I've actually had these tested and five out of seven um, passed the fit test, um, the standard ones on uh, like 98% of adults. So if there's templates on our website. So if you pick the standard mask, you go there, you try on a template, you print out the templates and you try one on and you see which one fits you the best. And then you can just order a standard size mask if you'd like. And those, like I said, are much, much less expensive. Perfect. I think you said, is there anything that's been missing from what we've talked about? Yeah, they're badass looking. I can tell you, when I'm walking through the hospital, people are always staring at me. I wear them in the store. Wherever I go, I'm always wearing this thing. And I've, I've got several of them. I've got one at the ICU, one I keep for my the flight, and I've got one in my car, and I've got a spare, and then I've got all the uh, change out of things. But everywhere you go, everybody stares at you, and then somebody always, you hear them as they walk by cool mask or did you see that mask or where'd you get that mask I, all the time you get comments they're badass all the way around <laughs> there, there is that factor diana do you have the one from your daughter at hand yes see she painted her like a stormtrooper uh, <laughs> now we have yeah, mask this envy one, this one is a custom one now my daughter's 15 and you can see that this is a custom one it doesn't fit me because her face is different shape than mine you can see <laughs> so you can see how the custom ones are like perfectly fitted whereas the standard ones you know they're they stick out more on the front so okay. mm -hmm. and so it's a little bit different like these ones are lower profile and they fit specifically to your face and then Standard ones are a little bit different, but these ones, I know people really like the feel of them around the perimeter and they're, they're lower profile. So it really depends on which one you think you need. Eric, Dr. Kaplan, you know, the things that I notice in the pictures that you see of the healthcare workers that have had their masks on for hours and hours and hours, and they look like they've been beat. I mean, there's marks on their faces and bruises and stuff. For you guys, when you have an extended period of time where you're wearing the masks, do you have much in the way of that going on? I don't have any of that going on. I, I take the mask off and my face looks like it did before I put the mask on. So it's not, yeah. you know, these big marks around the face. And right. as he's showing you there, I mean, they're adjustable. So being it that it's so custom, you need a little bit of a pull, but it's not like you're really trying to hog tie it. I mean, you put it on. My strap below really isn't that tight. The one behind just kind of keeps it on and it seals so perfectly. And, and the thing that's nice about it too is that it's smooth. I mean, it, it's plastic and so it really doesn't leave marks and doesn't have an edge to it it just kind of seals across the bridge of your nose and, and then around your chin so there isn't really a pressure point there is really nothing that really bothers me at the end of the day i don't leave with a headache i don't leave feeling uncomfortable that's that's a plus i mean i'm sometimes seeing you know upwards of 70 patients in a day and so going in and out of rooms and and talking and, and doing all that you know if i was wearing an uncomfortable mask all day it would be extremely irritating Prior to this, I had bruises behind my ears, across my nose. Mm -hmm. It was miserable. And, right. and I would concur that on a 12-hour ICU shift, you know, I'll take it off, maybe pull it down every once in a while. But if I've got it on for hours, nothing like the other mask and the things that you've seen on TV with, with the bruising and things like that. Diana, you know, the one thing that strikes me and the reason that I asked for you guys to get on the podcast, I was going, that's such a cool product. Why doesn't everybody know about it? I guess... I don't understand why the adoption's not wider than it is currently. What do you think? I think it's just about exposure. Nobody knows about it. It's just so brand new. And I think the more people that see it, though, the more exposure we get. I don't think it's a problem with demand. It's just a problem of people not knowing about it. And by the way, these are like 
less than an ounce. They're like solo cups. So they're super lightweight. So that's another thing is that where people have those big filter pods and all that kind of stuff, they're real heavy on their face and that super heavy plastic. These ones are nice because they're just super lightweight. So that does help a lot. But I think the demand is just a matter of our company is literally we do 3D printed cast. So for us to we don't even have the distribution model in place to have a new product line in face masks. I mean, we're not 3M or whatever. So really, it's about us tapping into that. We've used our orthopedic sales reps to kind of get the word out. And we've used social media and our website. But I would love to have a manufacturing partner or you know, a partner who has the market for it who would just take these and run with it because... I obviously don't. We're still in little LLC and just trying to do custom stuff. So, but really these with the standard masks, I mean, like they're like solo cups. You could punch them out by the thousands and, and mass manufacture them and do really well with it. If you had a manufacturing partner that did that. So I'm always looking for any companies or people who want to assist in helping us bring this product to market. I'd be happy. Perfect. Well, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to go away from the current product, and we're going to head over to the Active Armor custom fitted cast that you make. So, hey, and while you're shifting, I just got back from a patient, so I need I've got a bunch of stuff to do, and this was great. And Diana, thank you for asking me. Kevin, great to meet you again, and thank you, Bob. I'm going to check out and get some stuff done. So if we get another call, Eric, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it sincerely. Hey, you Bye. bet. My Bye. pleasure. Bye. Okay, you bet. See ya. Bye-bye now. He just um, transported a COVID patient on a respirator in his helicopter and just landed five minutes before we started this uh-huh. podcast. So he had to go and disinfect everything. So <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for the next thing. So yeah. back to the start part, because we flipped that a little bit because of that eventuality. Talk to me about the cast and, and for you, it's been widely covered in other episodes, the genesis of the story and so on. So what I thought we would talk about is the journey that an orthopedic practice might go through to look at active armor casts and adoption and, and the decision process and what that's like. And Diana, sure. what's your thoughts? Yeah. So the first thing we do is we look for those, we find our targets and our targets are those innovative clinics. At first it was high-end sports medicine, like Dr. Kaplan looks at, and he called me actually. And it was pretty funny because I don't know a lot about sports or athletes because I'm an engineer and I kind of live in my own little nerd bubble. But he called me and he said, Hey, I'm the team physician for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I said, great. What is that? And he said, NFL, football. And I'm like, right. Okay. How can I help you? But that really, that target, that high-end sports medicine was the real starting market entry point for us because people like Dr. Kaplan who are innovative and always trying the latest high-tech solutions for their athletes because they need to sweat, they need to shower, and they need to work out in them and be able to do all those things. We thought, man, this would be a perfect product for them. And those, those kind of physicians and hospitals get it. It took us five years really to get into real mainstream orthopedics where now we're in Children's Hospital Colorado and we're um, in pediatric location as well as for you know geriatrics. And we're treating in big hospital networks, just making it a standard of care. So that was kind of the progression of how we went through where does this product fit in and how can we bring it to the general mainstream consumer? Dr. Kaplan, when your orthopedic practice or another one considers using active armor, what are their key decision points to bring that 
active armor on board? You know, it started in terms of our use, and at least for me personally, I saw a need to have a more anatomically fit cast, one that was hygienic, that you could wash and not have to take on and off. And, and our athletic trainers were having to take casts on and off and make one for practice and, and one for after practice. And it didn't really make sense to me that there wasn't something out there that was a little bit better fit and, and custom and something they could wear all the time and then get wet and get in the shower and et cetera. So, you know, that parlayed to our regular practice and the same type of benefits that our athletes are saying are something that, that our regular patients can use as well. Patients, uh, you know, where we are in Jacksonville, Florida, it's about to get 100 plus degrees almost every day. And especially in a younger population, I wore a cast when I was 13 years old and it was pretty miserable. It was hot. It was sweaty. It was certainly smelly and I couldn't get in the pool and I had to sit out and it was, it was awful. We haven't really changed much in the way of casting and splinting since I was 13 years old. And that was 30 years ago. Right? So, and that's pretty striking. And so to have something like this come along, and there are, there are a number of other problems with traditional casts and splints from wound issues and, and diabetic patients where you may not see some sort of pressure ulcer. And these can be serious complications when you have wound problems underneath the cast that you can't see. And so there are a lot of reasons why active armor, it can be a benefit, not only from convenience, of comfort, patient satisfaction, being able to do things that you couldn't necessarily do in a traditional cast or splint, but also in, in terms of safety, being able to monitor skin if you have an incision or if you have a wound, actually being able to see it and a patient be able to see it and, and say, hey, there's a problem with my wound or I'm, I'm worried about this because they're actually looking right at it. So th there are so many reasons why clinics decide when they're going to go to something like Active Armor, because as you can see, there are a lot of different roads of why this can benefit the patients. If you put them all together, it just makes common sense to use it. For you, when, when you have a patient that's first introduced to Active Armor, and what types of questions do you typically get from the patient when you're first talking about it? A lot of it has to do with, you know, how is this different than a regular cast? How will this benefit me? Um, and they're kind of layup questions because, you know, you can really simplify. And, and I, I have a cast of my own that, that I just bring into the room if I'm going to fit a patient with it and show them how comfortable it is. And then I put it up to their arm or I have them try it on and it doesn't fit their arm. And I say, well, yeah, because this is custom made to me. This is printed for my arm specifically. So the patient specificity of these casts, you know, and, and making it anatomic to their own body part, I think is certainly ideal. A cast technician certainly has the skill and an ability to fit a cast, but it's not to within the one millimeter of a patient's own anatomy. And so I think that's the appeal. This is custom fit, it's custom design, and you'll be able to do things like take a shower without having to put a garbage bag over your arm and avoid the smells and the discomfort of having a regular cast. You brought back great memories. I had a full cast and I was very familiar with garbage bags and duct tape and all of that. You know, from just a treatment standpoint, with the millimeter difference on the custom cast versus the old plaster cast or fiberglass cast, do you see a, a better outcome on treating uh, damaged bones and whatnot from that tolerance improvement? I think that if there is a bone that was fractured and out of place 
and you're trying to maintain the alignment, I think that's where to within a millimeter would be extremely important. You know, you're controlling the soft tissues, which are controlling where the bone is in space. And so that certainly has a benefit. The non-displaced, when we say non-displaced, meaning the bone may have broken or there is an injury where things haven't moved apart, I still think holding the soft tissues and their native position as close to the normal anatomy will allow it to heal much better than if you have a cast that may not be holding as tight to the arm uh, or as specific to the arm and allow, allow the soft tissues to move around a little bit more. So I certainly think there's a role there in terms of patient outcome and satisfaction. Yeah, my, my experience was a soccer break where I kicked a large kid when I wasn't as large as he was, and I wrapped my leg all the way around his. And so I had all kinds of floating pieces. And it would have been really nice to have that kind of opportunity sure. because I, I got to enjoy getting wedged, which unless you've had that done, you don't really appreciate it until they do it. Yeah. Wedging a cast is a, is a is an old school thing that we have to do to try to you know get the deformity to correct over time. And, and yeah. the interesting thing about Diana's cast and the active armor cast is you still have that ability because soft tissues are going to swell and, and especially after a fracture. So while these things are designed specifically to your anatomy, accounting for swelling is important. So Diana is built in a way where you can wedge the cast and allow for swelling and then bring it down and bring it closer together. So that's important. I mean, because, you know, some surgeons will say, oh, well, I don't want a tight fitting cast because, you know, you worry about things like the swelling and the pressure and that's extremely important. But if you have a built in way to, to relieve some of that pressure while still allowing for the anatomy specific to a patient. That's, that's a plus. As you guys looked at this, was there from whether it's insurance coverage or any other particular pushback, what would you say is the, the largest pushback that the practice had before adoption? It's getting the, the patients to understand at least, and Diana has been working on this uh, in terms of a, of a billing and coding perspective, but you know, there is a scan, at least the way we've done it in our office the patients have to have a scan and, and that's where we bill for time from the physical therapist doing the scan. And then we bill a regular a casting uh, type code. In the same light, I mean, there are such things as waterproof casts that we've used in the past. And those are very similarly a small out-of-pocket fee. Uh, Diana has been designing different ways to make this you know, affordable for all the patients. And she could probably go into that a little bit on a deeper level. But patients that you present this to who want it, are willing to invest in this because it's specific to them. It's, it's just like investing in anything else that's made to order, made for you. It's different than just wrapping a cast around the arm. Well, I, I would think if it's summertime, and I grew up in Jacksonville for a number of years, like we discussed before, I right. darn sure want to be able to get in the water, you know, instead of having a kid. I'm a parent. I don't want my kids mad at me for however long it takes before they can get in the pool. Yeah, you know, you know how the weather is. I mean, you you, you take a shower, you get dressed, you go outside, and you feel like you're still in the shower. It's humid, it's hot. Yeah, it's a hundred and a hundred, right? Yeah, um, it's unbelievable. I mean, so and, and even at eight o'clock at night, it's still hot. So, and these kids are not. I mean, kids are kids. They run around, they do things, they get sweaty, they get smelly, they get dirt in there, and you guys sticking hangers down the you know down the past to itch, and that, that can cause. I mean, as much of a funny thing it is to stick a hanger down there, I mean, that can cause major infections and problems. So we're trying to mitigate the risk of a cast because there are, you know, you can read book chapters on the risks involved with casting. It's not just a simple cast or a splint. There are 
definite risks involved. So if we can mitigate some of that risk by using something like this, why not? Diana, you know, in the COVID pandemic timeframe, what are you seeing as, you know, additional commentary about the casts and hygiene and so on? Yeah, I mean, this being the only castor splint that you can wash your hands with, the only one that's sterilizable is huge right now. I mean, any patient now that has to be immobilized is at risk because they cannot wash whatever it is that's permanently on and covering their hands. That's a big COVID spreading risk. And that's part of the reason that we want patients to be able to have access to this, all patients. That includes Medicaid, every insurance company. And we are reducing our costs to bring these to patients, just like uh, Dr. Kaplan was saying. I mean, Part of the problem is that patients have high deductible plans or they don't have DME coverage at all. And so most patients are paying out of pocket for these. And so we have gotten the cost down now to where they are less than two casts. And these active armor casts are reusable. So you don't have to go in and have a cast cut off and reapplied. And then they transition from a cast to a splint. So these active armor devices are cheaper than two casts or a cast in a splint or whatever you were going to have through your healing phases. This is affordable to everyone now. And, and that's super important with COVID, right? Because you really do want it to be available to everyone. These are even cold sterilizable. So doctors like Dr. Kaplan, God forbid he ever gets injured, but if he does, I would hope that he would get a sterilizable cast so that he could end up continuing to do surgery, continuing like people in healthcare, people in food safety and handling. If they can have this hygienic alternative and it's the only one that's available, like extra farmers, um, I'm hoping that there's a big market for it. Dr. Kaplan, when I'm presuming that these have been used with the athletes on, on the Jaguars. What are you hearing from the athletes as far as their training regimen and outcomes when they're cast up in active armor? Yeah, you know, we initially trialed it on on one of our linemen and, you know, we were able to had a, he had a wrist injury and, you know, we wanted to put his wrist in somewhat of a more functional position. You know, defensive often linemen a lot of times are, you know, have their wrists in more of an extended position. And so when he, when we scanned his wrist, I mean, this wasn't something we had to completely keep immobilized. We made him one cast where his, his hand was in a normal resting position, and then one that put him in his functional football position. And he certainly appreciated the ability to do that. I mean, we've all seen football players play with, with the full-on club where they, they have no ability to, to use their hands because, you know, we're trying to keep something so immobilized to protect them from further injury. So with something like this, we were able to put him in a functional position. And because it fits so well, we allowed him to continue to participate, but also being able to grab is extremely important for a football player. And so, you know, from that standpoint, here's a, an athlete who depends on football as his way of, of making a living. And we were able to, to keep him on the football field simply by using a better cast. Players don't like when they don't have their full function. They don't feel like they're up to their, their full potential. So something like this is, is certainly a benefit in trying to keep these guys on the field. Well, you know, I, I think about the pro athlete that's worked so hard to get in the position. And there's always somebody right behind him that's interested it's like it's in Wally, that position. It's the Wally Pip story, right? I mean, you know, you, you lose your spot. You get Wally Pipped and then you're, you know, then you're. Yep. You know, and so, you know, I can see from, from the athlete that's injured because, yes, this is an alternative to perhaps, you know, still staying in the game and still playing and being functional. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, been, it's a benefit. And, and obviously, Diana has, has talked to several other. Um, she was actually at, at our, our NFL Combine with the Active Armor and, and introducing this to a lot of other teams, which 
much to my my dismay, I like having something that's special for the Jaguar to have a, as much of an advantage as possible. But but it is something that you know we're we're very collegial. I'm kidding. We're very collegial in the NFL, and you know a lot of the the other athletic trainers and team physicians are starting to look at this and see it as a benefit. And the athletic trainers, I mean, there's no question. I mean, they're dealing with 54 players on a on a day in and day out basis, and if you have three or four players that need a cast, you know, that's a lot of manpower and time in, in taking on a cast, putting on a cast, making another cast. You know, if you can simply have your game cast and your walking around cast that are custom fit, that saves a lot of time and allows them to work with other players. So the benefit to the player and the benefit to the working staff, you know, it's a win-win. You know, Diana, you're not injured currently. You have your custom cast, at least I don't think you're injured. Can you show how that goes on and off? Sure. So this one's removable. I wear this one for like carpal tunnel type repetitive. I always joke around that I got carpal tunnel from making carpal tunnel devices, but it's true that like if you want to have it be lightweight and removable for a chronic condition like carpal tunnel, you can just have these little bungees that allow you to remove it and pop it off and on super easy. And then it's also, as you can see, it just, you know, it easily stretches on and off and just like that. And if you want it locked on like a cast, you can have them lock you. These bungees aren't there and you have like um, enclosed zip ties that actually go in there and you have to have a little clipper and you clip them off and, and that locks it on. So like for pediatric patients or anyone who you're worried about compliance, you can make it as thick or as thin as you want. And that way it'll be more protective, like it cast, or you can have, this one's even a little flexible. This is one of the coatings that we have, and this is called Paxcon coating. It's made by Linex. It's biocompatible, so you can wear it on your skin, but they use it just like Kevlar for body armor. So it's crazy strong. I mean, I've had this for years, and so that's what we put on the Jaguars players. We make them a thicker device or any of the NFL players that really want that impact resistance. We will coat it with this crazy strong coating, which makes it really I mean, indestructible. And it, it always scares me because I think, you know, if those guys go out there on the field, just like a traditional cast, if they, you know, if you fall down the stairs or whatever, you're going to break your fingers or you're going to break your arm above or below the cast because this is going to protect you. I had one patient that was playing hockey and a puck hit his cast and he, he didn't have the coating on it. So his, and it was the same, it was a plastic cast and it got a little crack in it, but it saved his arm. And I was like, I couldn't imagine like what that would have done to your bone if it wouldn't have protected it. So yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can, like I said, that's the cool thing that Dr. Kaplan gets is he gets the customization ability where he can say, oh, this patient has pins or incision that needs to be exposed or offset, or this patient has a bony protrusion that they need to accommodate, or this patient wants a bone stimulator, a muscle stimulator, a TENS unit for pain management, anything, we will, we custom design it for each patient. So that makes it allowable for their it helps them with their lifestyle, as well as the doctors being able to observe and treat the skin. That one 49ers player, was it Trent Taylor, I believe, that had the leg cast that he had, they didn't know until they cut his cast off that he had an infection from his incision or his post-surgical incision underneath it. And um, he was out for the whole season. And there are other patients where if you can't see if there's swelling coming up underneath the cast until it comes up to your hand or down here, there's a high risk for compartment syndrome, which is very dangerous for patients. And if you can't see an infection until it's all the way on the outside of the cast, that's a problem. It's the same thing with the, the mass and the cast is the whole point of it is visibility. You can see what's going on underneath the device and be able to treat it and treat the patient while they're being immobilized, which is hugely beneficial as far as catching infections. So some of the reports that we've gotten from other physicians and practices that have been 
and that it reduces your infection risk as well as your any sort of negative healing outcomes that they have because you can observe. If you see there's movement underneath the cast and they need to tighten it up because swelling went down or they got muscle atrophy and the patient's not immobilized well, you can see that and immediately make those adjustments to improve your outcomes for that patient. And then also if there's an incision starting to get infected, you can treat it. You know, you can put any sort of medications on or and just observe it. And that's really nice benefit of active armor versus the traditional. You know, and, and for that cast, you know, you had held it up. And for the folks that are watching, I have no idea the weight of that particular cast. What would the weight be of that cast? Sure. This one right here is three ounces. Now, if you get a full arm cast or whatever, on average, our casts are half the weight of a traditional fiberglass cast. So they're super lightweight, but they can be any thickness that you want just as protective as a traditional cast. And we talked about that beforehand, that the Line-X, for the folks that that rings a bell, that's the liner of your pickup truck bed. At least that's the Line-X that I know. That's the company, right? Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the company. And so you've got the coating inside there which really adds a real durability dimension to the product. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, but it's ISO certified for biocompatibility. So you can wear it against your skin. You're not wearing a truck bed. I just want to make sure that everybody understands that this is very safe. It, this is a medical device. And also like the military is using it in body armor. So it's really nice because the custom fitted body armor is really low profile. It allows them to be able to perform all of their active functions that they need to do in the field while they're immobilized or while they're protected. I've been quizzing you guys for a while about this. The motivation behind this is I was really impressed and enamored when I saw it. And I was really, you're just down the street from me in Pueblo, Colorado, and I'm in Colorado Springs. And Dr. Kaplan is down where they have a beach instead of just sand, which we have lots of sand. So in looking at that, I I wanted to get the word out, you know, about the product because I thought it was just really clever. And having some level of experience with the cast for months, I'm just envious they didn't have it when I had my problem. And so when you, you look at that, one of the things we talked about, Diana, in the past is your ability to do custom design, but mass production. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a rather interesting thought process. I don't know if you want to touch on that or not. Yeah. So I did a little bit of a TEDx talk, a local one about mass customization, which I really feel, and Dr. Kaplan can, I'm sure, talk about this more. But I mean, I grew up in children's hospital when my brother had cystic fibrosis. So I would always see patients having to adapt to medical devices as, as opposed to the other way around. There is no one size fits all. I mean, and as Dr. Kathleen can attest, you know, when you get braces that are off the shelf and they come in a small, extra small through extra large, and you have to fit them to a patient, how many times does it not fit a patient or it doesn't work for a patient or it's not working? So you can see like the shape of my arm compared to the shape of an NFL player's arm completely different and our needs are completely different. So that ability to customize it and then 3D printing there's one company that's trying to sell 3D printers to doctors and hospitals, and it's not very successful. And part of the reason for that is that 3D printing is not plug and play still. I mean, it's the technology is not quite there yet. There's a lot of factors that you have to address, hot plastics and solvents and calibration of equipment and CAD design experience and expertise and all of those things. They make it really hard for doctors and hospitals to be innovative, for clinics to innovate and do new things like that when it's not like, oh, I'll just give you a machine. You put it in here, you press start, and out comes a custom cast. It doesn't 
work like that. And with all the regulatory requirements with the FDA for medical devices and to be a medical device manufacturer and everything, it's really hard for clinics to provide new products and not have it be cumbersome. They're already strapped, as I'm sure Dr. Kaplan can tell you. I mean, they your staff is strapped all the time. You guys are booked with patients and the whole goal is for you to be able to see and treat and help as many people as you possibly can in time. So you guys don't want to be messing around with medical device manufacturing and and testing and all of that. So that's one of the ways that we try to do a mass production type of a deal on custom devices when every single one is unique. And that's why 3D printing is great, right? Because you can make products on demand and custom designed, but it is very hard to mass produce like that because all of your efficiencies at scale, for example, like the, the mass, the custom ones are more expensive than these standard ones because these are like solo cups. You could just have plastic and just punch a whole bunch of them out and have inventory and then fill the need. But when you get to custom fitting things, every single one has to be hand manufactured hand finished and quality control checked and shipped specifically for that patient. And so there are a lot of logistics and a lot of labor, a lot more labor intensive for custom devices than there is for off the shelf standard devices. And that's why a lot of people aren't doing it. It's expensive to do custom design and manufacturing and finishing. And so that's why a lot of people don't go down that path. They standardize things and we really want to make it custom because people need that. Dr. Kaplan, you've had an extremely long day, I suspect. (laughs) Typical long day, I think. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out of your day to to come and visit with us and talk about Active Armor. I believe what they do and the contribution that they're making. You know, I honor and appreciate all the time, effort, and money you spent to get to where you are. I'm a former pre-med kid. That organic chemistry decided to get in the way. That's the story of many. But how would people that want to reach out to you, how do they find you and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute? How do they find you guys? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, and I'm, I'm honored to be here. And obviously, I, I, I think Diana has come up with something that's completely innovative and has changed part of our orthopedic world that has been largely unchanged for many years. So, proud to support her, what she's, her efforts that she's made. We're a big group down here in Jacksonville and expanding not only locally, but nationally. And, you know, I have my own uh, website. That's just my name, kevinkaplanmd.com. And then our group is joi.net. And, um, you know, we're seeing patients from all over. And, and some of those patients have even come looking for active armor. Patients flew in from uh, Atlanta to come uh, see us and have come in from down south. And, so, you know, we're constantly expanding and, and looking uh, to become even uh, more of a, a nationally recognized area in terms of our, our medical care. And, and through innovative things like this, I think we're doing that. So, so, yeah, I'm happy to see patients. I get patients that I've operated on from Vegas and California and New York. And so uh, it, you know, we're, we're proud to do that. And I uh, appreciate you, you giving me the opportunity to be on uh, with you guys. Well, thank you so much. You know, we appreciate your perspectives and insights. And for the folks that are out listening, you know, I think it's really important to consider all the options. And it's gone through the regulatory process. You know, it's tested in the field. It's tested in, you know, in the athletic arena. And so I think that there's sufficient evidence behind all of this to, you know, folks, if you have this type of event happen in your life, I think you'd be remiss not to take and rule it in or rule it out. 
And Diana, you and I have been attempting to connect for some time. And I really appreciate you're the busy entrepreneur trying to get all of this done and run the company and so on. And so for you, you know, in thinking about it, if you were to reach out to folks that are either interested in in using the product, understanding more, or perhaps participating in the growth of Active Armor, what might you say to that cohort of folks? Sure. So I would just say, hit us on our website at activearmor.com. There's no E in active. So A-C-T-I-V-A-R-M-O-R. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Same, just look for Active Armor. We are always looking for partners in manufacturing um, the masks and distribution for those. Um, For investors who want to come on board, I still have an LLC. We're still in our seed funding round. So if you're interested in getting in on on, uh, becoming a partner, you can do that. Um, You can also become a sales rep. We're looking for distributors. We're looking for partnering clinics and physician providers who want to have their logo on every single device and do just like uh, Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute where they have people coming in from all over the country to find your clinic. We only have 14 clinics across the country right now. So we're looking always, always happy to open up new. I was just talking to a clinic in Hawaii, so I'm excited about um, <laughs> opening up there. I just want to go there. You're, like, you're going to have to have to have a different color than black though. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. You can have them look proper. You can have them flashy. I mean, they like the yellow there. Whatever you want. But I just, you know, surfers love them. So, yeah, I mean, we're looking also for partners and help anytime. So just reach out to us on our website. If you go to that info, I can get it. You can call me on that 1-800 number. You can get me directly or you can get one of my staff. So, yeah, we would love to have any help from anybody and bring it to your town. You know, and, and we'll have all of the links in the show notes. And it's been a privilege to have you guys on the episode. And I really appreciate your time and and insights. Dr. Kaplan, thanks again for all that you do. And Mm -hmm. Diana, I really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.